What's up, folks? This is Justin, and you are listening to the Welcome to Your Doom Show. Man, it's nice to say that intro again. Um, this is episode number 57. Uthel and I are talking about The Mandalorian, the Disney Plus series that continues from where episode 6 left off in the original trilogy of Star Wars, but before the new trilogy in episode 7. It's all very confusing. If you've heard of The Mandalorian, you know what it is. And if you haven't, I feel like Disney's so prevalent these days that you probably know what it is in any case. Most people are talking about it. It's pretty popular. Um, I'm going to address the elephant in the room real quick. We talk about it a little bit in the episode, but Uh, Yeah, we took a good few months off, almost a year. Um, Nothing COVID-related. Uttal and I, very healthy and strong and all of that jazz. Uh, It's just uh, life, life in general. Uh, I have a new daughter. Well, she's not new now. She's like a year old almost. And uh, Uttal's been super busy as well on their end. So it's just been been kind of crazy in in 2020 for us. Not COVID-related, which I guess we're thankful for. But we're back. Uh, We're going to be trying to put out episodes at a more regular cadence. Uh, We'll be putting them out on Mondays as we did before. And I think that's all the precursor crap that I really wanted to mention. So I think we're good to go. Let's do this. Oh, this is going to be good. Hold on. Here we go. Here we go. (gasps) Ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to your doom. Hello, everyone. It's been a minute. It's been a um, minute, dude. It is. Yeah. I got. Okay. So before we started, I got super excited even just plugging in the mic for this intent where I'm not wearing beards and mustaches and a red oh, suit. Oh, mustaches. Oh, buddy. It's, it's good. Um, <laughs> That's right. Welcome, everybody. Right. Welcome back. Uh, we haven't done this welcome since back. April of 2020. That strange, strange yeah. year of past. Um, this is the Welcome to Your Doom show. Uh, I'm Justin. My name is Atul Kachu. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the rise of the return of and the revenge of the Welcome to Your Doom show. We're back in all the ways and all the ways you uh, that that are absolutely possible. I'm I'm excited to get back into this because you know, like I feel like that was an outlet. It was like, the show was like an outlet for for you know conversation and especially during like the pandemic, which is still going on now. Uh, it's something that I feel like I lost. Because we don't, um, you know, uh, since we hadn't done it, I'm not talking to other people about this stuff. Yeah. Like, in this in this level of detail. Right. Um, you know, it, it happens It happens very rarely. So I'm excited to get back into this and try and make it a little more regular. And, um, you know, we're, all, we're, we're both working from home now. Um, you know, still working from home. I guess in April when we recorded last, we were still work- we were working from home back then, too. But, yeah. yeah. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I, I think that... Uh, I think that this is a new era for the show, um, and I've got this, you know, mic setup that I think works. So yeah, I'm excited to get back into it. There's been a lot going on since then. Yeah, yeah. Um, last episode that came out was like I said, April. So we'd already talked about the fact that I have a daughter now, but there's been all kinds of things that have been changing. Correct. Like I changed jobs at the end of last year, which is cool. Yeah. Previous job was. Um, very difficult in a sense of being able to manage my time. 
I don't know how many people, you know, deal with people in multiple time zones, but the job I was at, I was dealing with people. I was the only one based in Eastern time. And then I was dealing with folks that are in Europe that were, I think, th- six hours ahead of my time zone. And then I also had people in LA that I was dealing with that were three hours behind me. So right. I'm, and, and the thing is, is I was, I wasn't really managing them per se, but I was, you know, kind of coordinating around the the dev teams that are, you know, off uh, in another country, continent, really. And uh, it was just, it was exhausting and it was just very demanding. That's the thing that kind of just, you know, really, for me at least, really halted the podcast or being able to do the podcast regularly. It was just that. Like the pandemic wasn't really a huge factor for me. It was just the fact that like, after 10 hours of yeah. work in a day it's just yeah. like no nah, i can't do it but uh no that i mean that makes that makes complete sense i think there was there was a period in there where you know the, i think the motivation kind of took a hit i mean i think i feel like anybody who's everybody who's at home just trying to find make some sense yeah. of like home life now kind of being there and being at home and all the time, uh, you know, that for me was, you know, uh, you know, obviously, of course, there's work, but there's also kind of that motivation. Uh, but, but, you know, you kind of have to, uh, I feel like you just had to get over that hump and get back into the groove of things, set all this stuff up and just dive back in. And now that I've got it set up and kind of we're, we're doing this again, I, you know, I feel the energy yeah. kind of yeah. coming back into it. So, so I'm, I'm excited. Speaking of energy. Um, yeah. What a nice sound that was! I think we should talk about the Mandalorian a little bit because I think that that's you know that's what we wanted. This is the title. This is a this is a title match because uh, I don't know if people know this. I think some people know this, but we are not on the same page on the Mandalorian. We are on different pages. We are in different books. I think I'd like to say not I'm just, in the right book and you're in the wrong book, but that's just my feelings yeah. and probably a lot of others. I it's, don't think you're gonna have a lot of friends on this one. We were <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> The call I'm from yesterday. So on we were on. Sure. Uh, we did a birthday thing. There was a little bit of lag there, but we were on a birthday call for your birthday, yep. which just passed. Happy 80th birthday, yeah, by yeah. the way! And we, uh, yeah, thanks, we were on Thank the you. phone. With, we were on a call with a bunch of the the boys, and we were watching a movie. And then after, we were just shooting the shit. And uh, Mandalorian came back up, and uh, everybody was singing praises of it, just praises. And I was just sitting back, smiling. And just watching you be angry, and it was wonderful because I'm. I was wait. I was waiting. I was. I was. I was. I was thinking that this Mandalorian conversation would sort of just drift away, and we'd talk about something else. I would have brought it back. I just didn't go away. I would have been like, guys, let's talk a little bit more about that. (laughs) It didn't go away. Yeah. So I had to voice my. I I had my. I had to voice my. My my you know my dislike for this for the series, and I just got (laughs) uh, I got ripped a new one. Uh, so, uh, why not take that conversation to the internet and tell millions of people why I dislike this? Um, but, uh, but yeah, let's, let's jump into it. You good to go? Let's do it. All right. I hope you all like your eggs raw and wriggling. This is the Mandalorian. <laughs> that was cute. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, people were in up general, in arms I, about that, eh? Yeah, I know. It's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and we'll talk about that because it was a, that was a weird choice. It's a weird choice they made. I agree. Um, in general, I do I do need to start off with something here so I don't get like rotten vegetables thrown at me like right off the out, right from the outset. Um, so you're just gonna sit there. You're gonna shut the fuck up for just like maybe three and a half minutes. All right. 
let me just let me set the scene a little bit here. Let's uh, let's set the ambiance, and then we'll and then we'll jump into this this um, this uh, review. But so in general, um, I am like a massive Star Wars fan. I don't think that's really clear. Like when we talk about things, we don't talk a lot about Star Wars, to be honest. Like unless we're reviewing Star Wars material, okay. we don't really talk a lot about Star I was Wars. Just say so we've had like four hours of podcast to- content with <laughs> Star Wars alone. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess what I mean to say is, unless we're talking about yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, a Star Wars thing, we're not really talking about Star Wars all that much. And even in like day to day conversation, yeah. Star Wars is just uh, not something that really that really comes up when it comes to like nerdy conversation. So I just want I I think it's it might be unclear. I am a huge Star Wars fan. When I was growing up, I, we have all the toys from the eighties. I have a full size like you know ATAT Walker and like the Millennium Falcon full size like all that stuff. You know, I was a I'm a massive. My brother is. My entire family is basically like they're they're all massive Star Wars fans, and you know, obviously watched all the movies. Have like six different versions of them on VHS, and then DVD, and then Blu-ray, and all of that crazy stuff. Um, grew up on it. In particular, I'm a huge fan of Boba Fett. So that's the other thing that I, I think that a, I, I you know a lot of you know uh, you know someone wouldn't know from listening to the podcast. Uh, or my, you know, even my wife didn't know like that I was a huge fan of Boba Fett because I love the armor. I love the way Boba Fett looked when I first saw like Empire and Return and uh, Return of the Jedi. Boba Fett was something I zeroed in on because of just how fucking cool he looked. Mm-hmm. I was like purely visual aesthetic. I was like, man, Boba Fett's just the shit. Yeah. He looks amazing, and I would draw. I have sketchbooks filled. With like Boba Fett drawings, I just draw. I draw the helmet all the time, you know, with the visor and the thing coming down. I was just like, absolutely like the cape, the the rocket pack, the whole the whole nine. And I'd always go to the comics too, because the Dark Horse comics at the time they were releasing them. Because I always thought Boba Fett just went out like a real goofball, you know. Yeah. I always I was like, here's like Boba Fett, and you set him up in Empire, and then here comes Return of the Jedi, and he kind of gets he kind of gets killed in this Looney Tunes way. And I was like, I was always like. Ah, I don't buy it. And then I'd read the comic books, and I'm like, yeah, this is more. This is more like Boba Fett. You know, he's a real badass in these, in these dark horse stories. Which you know, I, you know, whether they're canon or not doesn't re- didn't really matter to me because I was like, I just love drawing him too, right? So yeah, I was I was always like, he went out like a bit of a like a cartoon. Uh, Boba Fett, where? Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, yeah. So so when. Uh, when uh sorry i've lost my way here yeah so when the force awakens came out uh, i watched it you know and i and i sort of like came to terms with the fact that star wars wasn't really interested in doing anything new or unique like the force awakens was kind of like was it seemed like a bit of a retread to me but then the then the uh the last jedi came out and i was kind of like okay you know, while the movie has a ton of issues, and we did an entire podcast, a really long one on this, it has a ton of issues. Long story short, for me, I'm like, yeah, it's a ton of issues. Uh, I, I think mechanically some of this stuff doesn't really work. Some of the character work is, is odd. But um, in general, I was like, you know, it surprised me with a setup where, you know, the movie wasn't really – was saying that, hey, you know, we're not really beholden to what's happened in the past. And they were very interested in starting something new. That's how I felt about – you know the 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 last jedi and i was like oh there's this whole new world of of things that we can do in 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 the star wars universe and then and i was excited to see okay the next movie what's the next movie going to be like with all these new things <laughs> and, and then, then there's the rise Palpatine. of sky 
hey, buddy, <laughs> guess what? We're going back to the old stuff. Yeah, so uh, and then the rise of Skywalker falling off my face. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, then the rise of Skywalker comes out, of course, and we've done it. We've done a, a podcast on that, and if, and if you want to hear uh, the the you know the deeper sort of thoughts we have on those, visit those two podcasts. They're 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 funny and and they they are uh, a more nuanced version of what I'm saying right now. But basically, St- Rise of Skywalker comes out, and it's this really grotesque, groveling apology. For the last movie, that's what it felt like. It just felt like J.J. Abrams on his hands and knees with his hands, you know, his hands and knees. Sorry, on his knees with his hands together. <laughs> like why is J.J. Abrams like on it on the ground? Just he's crawls. He's in. like, please watch this movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, not his hands. Stop and crawling knees. around, J.J. We'll give it a shot. Palpatine. Oh fuck! Get back on your hands and knees. Get out of here. Crawl out. Crawl out, J.J. Yeah, and exactly. So it's like. It was a turning point for me. Um, I think in my mind, I didn't realize it was actually happening, but like subconsciously, yeah. I think I drew a line there where I'm like, me and Star Wars are kind of taking a break. Yeah, you yeah. know, after this movie, I think it, I think it really solidified that even when they tried something new, they were too afraid to follow through with it and actually make something out of it. They immediately snapped back to this more comfortable more familiar thing, erasing all of the unique stuff from the previous movie. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, but internally, I was like, after watching it, I was, you know, we'd take a long break with Star Wars, um, and that's kind of where uh, things left off, and like, along comes The Mandalorian, uh, basically. Obviously, there were a couple of movies in between there, but that was kind of my mindset after The Rise of Skywalker. I'm like, hey, you know what? You guys don't want to try anything new. I'm cool. I'm, I'm like... I'm all Star Wars doubt. Um, and then the Mandalorian comes and you start seeing promos for the Mandalorian posters and stuff. And you see like this sort of Western focused genre change for like a Western science fiction samurai thing going on that they've. And I'm like, oh, this is all very exciting. And, and uh, you know, and, and obviously I was, you know, I was interested in, in checking it out. So that's kind of setting the stage. You know, I've got I'm a Star Wars fan, I'm a massive Boba Fett fan. I felt a little. I felt a little tired after the rise of Skywalker because I was very sort of, you know, I was very bored with, you know, the direction that they were going in. And then along comes the Mandalorian. Right. That's that's kind of where we are. So I thought what we could start with is the stuff that we liked, maybe. Is that is that a good place to go? I think so. Or, yeah. The cast. Let's talk about the cast. Okay. Um, of the Mandalorian. I like the cast a lot. It's... It's arguably the best part about the entire series is the casting and the characters. Um, yep. I mean, Pedro Pascal's got this. He, it's funny you don't see his face outside of a few moments, but he's got such a presence with the mask on. The way he carries his voice, the way he's calm, cool, and collected during pretty much any encounter, he manages to pull off just that stoic kind of look of the Mandalorian. Where's the armor? Well, I don't even know if it's him under the armor the whole time, but whoever's rocking that armor is doing a pretty good job. But the supporting yeah. characters and the voice acting around them, like Nick Nolte crushes it. I forgot the character's name, but there's just so many good side oh, yeah. characters, even if they're only in it for an episode or two. Like Ergnot or Ergnot, something like that? Yeah, maybe? something like that. He's the, This like is that. the way guy. No, wait, yeah, sorry. That's No, no, he's, that, the, that's, he's the I have spoken guy. That's the yeah, one. Yeah, I have spoken. I have spoken. Man, as soon as he, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, that's Nick Nolte. And then he talked. I'm like, that's for sure Nick Nolte. <laughs> I was going to say, they didn't even have to put much makeup on him. It was great. <laughs> no, no. It's just milling about. That's <laughs> <true>. <laughs> Yeah. Ex- 
<laughs> I've spoken. Yeah. Nick Nick Nolte sounds like two cinder blocks rubbing together. Um like Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's great though. Um that that was that was really you know, hearing that, they really they really diversified the cast. They really like I, I feel like they broke out of uh you know, you know, I think Rogue One did this as well, where the, like the cast was just so I thought was very, very inspired. Like the casting was inspired. What, what also aided um, it, I think, m- in the Mandalorian is the is the platform that they released it through, being sure. or the medium, yeah. I guess, being being a show. They didn't throw yeah. a bunch of characters at you right away. First episode, yeah. you get Carl Weathers. You get um, I can't remember if they they bring in good old Werner, who is just titled as the client. Good old Werner Herzog. Yo, Dude, man, the, he's Werner. Oh yeah. So let's talk about Werner because he he comes in and he's been in a lot of he's been in a lot of movies. He's played played characters in, in plenty of movies, but he's also like his he's famous for his documentaries. Yes. yes. And um and it's just I I whenever he shows up in a movie, I'm always just kind of like and he starts talking. I'm always thinking because I've you know I don't know if you've seen any of his documentaries, but it's a, his voice is obvious. Like he's doing the narration. Right. He's not just directing the documentaries; he is the narrator of the entire documentary. So whenever he talks, I just think of a documentary, uh, like a doc, watching a documentary that's being narrated. Yeah. Except he's talking in in Star Wars, you know, uh, lingo, yeah. and I'm like, this is just the weirdest thing. <laughs> like to hear Werner Herzog, you know, say the word. Stormtrooper, or well, maybe, uh, you know, Empire and Jedi, and like, I don't know. Uh, just hearing, just hearing him do Star Wars stuff, I'm like, ah, it's cool. Not- it's very inspired. <laughs> like, you know, you wouldn't think that uh, that you know, and that's part of what's attractive about the show. Like Tim Timothy Oliphant, when he shows up in season one, episode one, which I like to call Star Wars. Sorry, season two, episode one, which I like to call uh, the Tremors episode. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> Yeah, he shows up, and I'm like, this is amazing. Timothy Oliphant's here. Katie Sackhoff, uh, Rosario Dawson, uh, fucking Michael Bean shows yeah. up. That's what I tried to do. That's what I tried to sell you on. I was like, yo, Michael Bean's in this. You got to watch this. Yeah. yeah, he's got like five lines, but you know, yeah. uh, he doesn't really give. He's not really given much to do. Did you notice Michael Bean's gun in the episode? Did you notice what he was using? No, it's like a it's a it's like a, a blaster, but it's a shotgun, and it looks yes. like a shotgun. Yes, I did. It's like the shotgun from it's the uh, it's a direct aliens yeah. and Terminator like reference. Um, I'm like that's kind of shit. What I was watching it just made me smile. I'm like, man, these guys know what they're doing. I if Michael Bane's gonna use a gun in Star Wars, it's gonna be a fucking shotgun. Yeah, no, for close encounters. Dude, it, yeah, yeah, and 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 so those, yeah, those are the the the, the kind of one shot guests for the most part. But then you've also got the kind of recurring cast of like Carl Weathers, um, yeah, G- Carl Weathers. Gina, is it Gina Carano? I always forget her name. Gina Carano. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll get back to her. She is not on my list of things I like. So we'll get. I, yeah, we can. She's. she's yeah. I, it's funny. I do. I actually did like her. I didn't like her performance. Did you? But there's some quality about her that just seems. To fit? I don't know why. There was something... I know what you mean. Like, she wasn't particularly good, but she just made sense. I don't know. I, it was just... I, I really... I wish I could describe it more. I it, I was watching it, and she's a train wreck of an actress in, in some regards. But... Oh, yeah. She's also... Yeah. I think physically imposing enough to be viable as what she does and being as clunky as she is in just general conversation. 
So it's funny. Like she was well there. cast for what she was doing. She does get a lot of lines. I agree. Though. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree with the physicality part because everything she was doing physically, it was very convincing. Yeah, she's and she's good at that. Um, I think she's just a horrendous actress. She is. It's. I think she is so like she just sucks the energy out of the room to the point where I I can't even believe that they were on set that day and someone was like she delivered the line and they're like yep yeah, that's good let's let's keep moving I'm like oh I I just don't I can't I think she is so bad and I don't I don't I rarely feel this way like I, I there's only there's really only one other performance where I'm just like, why is it like this? It was uh, was what's this in uh, Thor Ragnarok? Um, uh, the, Ruffalo, the guy who plays the Hulk. Yeah, Ruffalo's performance in Thor Ragnarok, I think, is just atrocious too. But like, I I have this, uh, and I rarely feel this way. But like every line delivery, it's like it's um, she's tr- it's it's like she's trying hard, and uh, just it just it there's nothing there. It's like it feels like a it feels like a robot. Um, she probably just had a really lines. really good audition, and then every time they just did stuff on set, they're like, "We could tell her to do it again, but she will beat yeah. the ever loving shit out of us. So let's <laughs> yeah. just not do oh, it." Of course. <laughs> All of a sudden, you're in a fucking Gina Carano armbar, and you just don't want to be there. Armbar. No, nobody yeah. wants. Nobody she's wants like to former be there. former UFC. So she's like, she's a bad, she's bad, she's a bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just like she was she was just awful. Um, but there, I mean, there are other folks that are, that are really great. Everyone that we just listed, um, uh, Tamura Morrison. I love, I like that guy. I've yeah. seen him in, you know, in, in a ton of other movies. I, li- I like the fact that he's returning as, uh, as Boba Fett. Um, Bill Burr is MVP for me. Yes. I think one of the, one of my favorite moments in the entire show is with Bill Burr. And we'll talk a little bit about that in, in a minute. Um, but yeah, like you wouldn't think that these, you know, like the, this is very inspired casting is, yes. I guess what I, what I would say yeah. about, about this, um, the score. Yes. Lud- Ludwig, uh, uh, Gor- I'm not pronouncing this wrong. Goranson. Goranson. Yeah. yeah. Ludwig Goranson. Uh, the score is, is really, really very good. Um, it's got this like Ennio Morricone Western flourish to it, which I think is just exactly the vibe that this show is going for. Um, and the theme—it's weird because the theme almost sounds like the Rohan, the Riders of Rohan theme from the Lord of the Rings. I, you probably—you're not a big Lord of the Rings no. guy, uh, but maybe somebody listening to this podcast is. But it had me doing a bit of a double take. Uh, but that's not necessarily a bad thing because you know the Rohan theme is is very very good. Um, great score. Enjoyed it. Enjoyed that uh, immensely. Um, I'm just going to keep going here on the on the things that I like. Go for it. That's fine. Uh, I, I'm, I'm I'm agreeing with you so far. If there's anything I disagree with you, with, sure. I will fight you for days. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, another thing where it was it was a, a like a nuance that I think I enjoyed a lot more than maybe the average person would is like callbacks to other films, but not, not like specifically callbacks to episodes one, two, and three. Like, I enjoyed those because a lot of people tend to shit on, like, the, the you know, the episodes 1, 2, and 3 trilogy. I always find that there's something in there to like. Um, so there are a couple things. Like, for example, some of the vehicles use, like, a pod racing engine. Like, a single, yeah. like, the pod racers, like, a single engine that drives a thing. Uh, like, the technology from, like, episode 1 is still kind of present yeah. in this universe. Uh, 
Um, the robot the repair droids from the episode one are are in this, like the little droids with like the little head they like headlamps for faces. And uh, the my favorite call out where I was literally like, yes, just made me smile so much, is when uh, Boba Fett. Uh, I guess I can't remember the exact context, but they were being chased by two Tie Fighters off planet. Yes, and it might have been it might have been the episode with Bill Burr where they were doing the mining heist. I think it could have been that. Um, where he's like, he's like, okay, I'll take care of these Tie Fighters, and releases this bomb from his ship. And I knew exactly what it was when it came out. I'm like, this is going to be that fucking sonic bomb from episode two yeah. that just like blows up, but it sounds like a guitar. Yeah. Bring, and it's just like this, you know, and I fucking in episode two, I loved that shit. Yeah. In episode two, when uh, it's uh, Jango Fett's ship that's being chased by Obi-Wan, he's releasing these bombs that just sound like these, I, I called them sonic bombs. I don't know what the hell they're called, but they just sound like electric guitars and boom and he releases it and he destroys the two tie fighters and i'm like yeah that was fucking dope and you know um yeah so i i did i did enjoy those um i enjoyed the credit sequences containing concept yes. art yeah. i fucking really like that i i would just sit there and watch the credits and my wife would be like shaka would be like can we just watch the next episode i'm like no, no you gotta let these credits run man you gotta see this you got to see, and the the concept art isn't exactly what's in the show, which is what the which makes it so interesting is that like it's different artists' takes on what it could have been. It's slightly related, but sometimes there are like wild like there are different designs for the creatures, for example. Right? Yeah, Stuff. absolutely, really fun. Um, and the last thing I kind of, uh, the last well, sorry, the second last thing is different directors. You can tell that there's a there's a different feeling to a lot of the, the each episode, in particular when Boba Fett returns. In season two, um, that stood out to me because, like the the action in that uh, was filmed differently. It was way more kinetic, yes. way more kind of in your face. And I'm like, and I remember telling like Shugu while we we're watching, I'm like, this is this is directed by somebody completely different, like or somebody maybe somebody I know, maybe somebody I don't, but like this is some they this is someone different than the, than the other episodes. Um, and it turned out that episode was directed by Robert Rodriguez. No I, way. I believe that episode was like Robert Rodriguez. I'm like, that makes oh way that makes a lot of sense. Like if you watch that episode again, I'm like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Um holy shit. So no, it's pretty cool. Like even Car- Carl Weathers did an episode. Yep. That was another one where I was like, this is there's some flourish here that wasn't in the other episodes, and it makes them distinctly different. Yes. Um and I think that that's very, very cool. And they've they've maintained that. There's still cohesiveness, of course, throughout all of the the uh the episodes, but the different people taking different directors taking on uh, some of the episodes it gives them a bit of a unique identity. I like that. And the last thing here, I do love. Well, not the last thing. Second, sorry, second last thing. I have a, another point that creeped up here, but I love the Mandalorian mythology. Yes. Anytime that they're focused on this is when the show is really at its most interesting. Uh, the armor, the helmets, the code, the intrigue, the. All of that mythology is exactly what I wanted from the show. Yeah. And I think when we're going to get into this, the stuff I don't like about the show and why I dislike it kind of in general is because they don't, they they, they choose not to focus on this for a big part of the show. And they choose to focus on other stories or uh, another storyline or another plot that drives the entire thing. Um, let's talk about Bill Burr for a second. Yeah. Is that cool? The episode in question that I think Bill Burr and this kind of like quantifies my feelings on this. 
on the show is Bill Burr uh, is in two episodes. Yes. The second episode he's in is in the first one is a heist episode, and the second episode he's in is in chapter fifteen. It's called The Believer, uh, and uh, it's about uh, a mining heist where he's helping he's helping Mando and crew. Um, get uh, some information on the location, I guess, of a yes. ship. I think that's what they're 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 there yeah. for. Uh, a lot of stuff happens. They infiltrate kind of like the main uh, the main base, the Imperial base, and they are forced. They're they're posing as these uh, kind of uh, these refinery drivers, but they they're forced to sit down at a table with. I think is kind of like a not an admiral, but like a, a like a yes. higher. A higher up in the empire, yep. kind of like this, like a lieutenant or something. Which props to the show for giving these lieutenants and admirals an accent other than an evil British accent, because this guy is like like from the like southern United States or something. Like, uh, and I've seen this character actor before. I mean, he's always played smarmy characters, and he's doing he's doing a good job in this scene, oh, playing yeah. a real playing a real douchebag. Yeah. Um, so uh, this whole scene plays out, and this is a showcase for Bill Burr because he fucking nails this scene to the point where where I'm like, I want more of that. Yes, like that's new, that's unique, and that's those are stories that I want to hear within the Star Wars universe. And this is this is the moment that kind of crystallized where I was and where I think a lot of other people are on this show, including my wife, because my wife's sitting next to me. I'm watching this thing, and I'm like. This is great. I want more of that. And she kind of looks at me. She's like, yeah, that was okay. But this is like a filler episode, right? I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, well, this, is, this isn't this is really like they're just doing this to get a piece of information. And then we're going to get back to the main story. And I'm like, right. Yes. You're right. You're right. And that's how you're looking at this. If you're looking at this, that this is kind of like a side story to get to the to get to the main plot, and that's and that's when it kind of crystallized to me. Like a lot of people, I think, are not interested in these other stories. I think they're interested. They have they're interested in the Jedi, and they're interested in the Force, and they're interested in the original trilogy characters and mythology. And whereas this moment with Bill Burr. I want entire shows or movies based on that mm-hmm. moment, which are not anchored in any of these sort of, or in any of this sort of mythology. So it's kind of like that crystallized that my my feelings kind of on, on in that moment where I realized where I was and where and then I realized where uh, uh, like I feel like the majority of other people are and what they want to see. Anyway, that's that's everything I liked about the I, show. I want to echo how much I liked that episode as well, especially the scene you're talking about. It echoed very much to me like Inglorious Bastards. You know, yeah. the, 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 yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Uh, what is it? The, the, the scene in the bottom of the bar, uh, like yeah. it just, it screamed that to me. And that's one, that's, that's my favorite scene of that entire movie too. And then those four, three or four minutes, they might've been at that, at that table was just so, um, you had the added tension of the fact that Mando's completely exposed and yeah. not not only just you know armorless and and maskless really, um, it's also the fact that he's also exposed emotionally to Mayfeld. I think it's Mayfeld is his name. Yeah, Mayfeld. Yeah, yeah. and it, it's you don't really know what Mayfeld's play is going to be in this because he's a, he's hasn't really ye- revealed his true self and his true feelings on things. He's kind of hinted at some things here and there. But it wasn't yeah. until that conversation yeah. with that lieutenant or general or whatever you know class of military he was 
um, that you really start seeing that character. And then it just, it, it, the tension starts to lift in one regard, but then it goes into a completely other place where you're like, okay, well, now what's going to happen to get them out of this situation as it ramps up yeah. and ramps up and ramps up? Um, and yeah. t- to, to echo Bill Burr's performance in this, I mean, he's shown that he's a capable actor in previous things that he's done, but never, you know, nothing to, to write home about. He's no Gina Carano. But in this episode, <laughs> he fucking crushes it. He is just so believable. Yeah. You see the the arrogant, um, you know, jerk of a character that he is kind of fade away. And then you just see him stripped down for what he is. And yeah, I think yeah. that was just, it was so powerful. Like, to me, that was, yeah, it, it's up there in the top three moments of that season for me in general. Or maybe for the sure. series. I mean, really. It, it's just, he's, it, sure. and to be honest, the heist episode in the first season was my favorite of the episodes as well. But I'm also a huge comedy fan. So seeing Bill Burr in the Star Wars universe as a new character and a fun character uh, was just, I'm a bit of a sucker for that. That's wild. For sure. Yeah, that's totally wild. I agree with everything you said uh, you, Fantastic. You didn't mention anything about the production value or the set. Not, I mean, I say sets, but you know what I mean about that. I yeah. mean, some of it, some of it being practical, but then some of it, I'm sure a lot of it more was not so practical. But it seemed yeah, like, some they it, like, like they used practical wherever have... they could as much as possible. Uh, the look of the show was one of the things that's kind of in the dislike category, but not. I don't think it's necessarily a bad mm-hmm. thing. It looked the show. I feel like the show looks a little plasticky. Like everything, it just, it felt... It's polished. Um, it I'd felt... say it's very polished in a lot of regards. You know what? And, yeah. And I'll, I'll yeah, say yeah. this. It's in like... terms of the seasons... Sorry, go ahead. Season two gets more of that for me, whereas season one didn't feel nearly as plasticky, for lack of a better word. Season two seems sure, a lot yeah. more polished and a lot more Disney-esque, I guess you could say. Like it seems yeah, like people yeah. have been kind of given that the old spit shine. The first one uh, was a little bit less so. I felt like that was a little bit more uh, gritty and unique. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I agree with you there in terms of like the split between season one and two. But like just coming back to the different directors, the reason like it really stood that episode stood out was because it had an earthiness to it that none of the other episodes had. Mm-hmm. And I think it was shot. It must have been shot on location somewhere. Or maybe I could be wrong. I, I don't. I don't know exactly. But there's, you know, the fight where Boba Fett is revealed and he takes out a couple of stormtroopers. There's nothing else in either season that looks like right, that. Yeah. And I think it's because of the lack of some of the digital sets that they were using. But there, uh, you know, I was reading a little bit about this, and I, I think there's a documentary out there about how they did this. I haven't seen it, but I wanted to know a little bit more about how they. Yeah. How they did some of this stuff because I was trying to figure out what is it about the look of this show that's bo- it's bothering me. There's something bothering me, and it turns out they used a lot of uh, giant like uh, screens, basically LED screens that projected real time 3D backgrounds, so that they can use. Uh, so like Mando's suit is all reflective, yeah. right? So they can use all kinds of reflective surfaces. And I don't know if you've seen uh, like uh, Oblivion, that movie with yep. Tom Cruise, which I love. But they did a similar thing there, where they they actually projected real scenes that they shot in high quality uh, camera footage of like the tops of like volcanoes and stuff. And for for Tom Cruise's character's base up in the clouds, they basically created giant TVs. So that's what they yeah. are projections of that high quality footage around. 
So it's not a C, the, all the reflections and stuff are not CG. It's all accurate lighting mm-hmm. uh, based on what's being shown on the screens. And they used, they took that technology, they took that approach and they, they, they obviously improved it. Um, and, and so they, they, they use that, um, but they still, it's, there's something about the execution there that makes the show feel more like the prequels than like the original trilogy. And it's this, like, like you said, it was almost like this polish where it's like impossibly shiny. Yeah. Uh, I guess is like a, a word I would use, um, and I don't again. I'm not. I'm not sure whether that's a bad thing, but it was just something that I felt. It felt both like it was bound to a studio, and it was open at the same time. Yeah. It was something weird, and it's so hard to explain. Uh, but it was just something that I noticed. I don't think it really. And I just kind of accepted it as episodes flew by. As like this is just kind of the aesthetic. Of the show. Like I said, I, I found that more in season like. two. And I think the two episodes that really stood out to me of looking like that was the the first one with Timothy Oliphant. Or Oliphant? Yeah. And actually Oliphant, the one where yeah. Boba and when they're at that Jedi temple. Like that one when they're all in the, the, the meadows and the greenery and everything. It just looked so... I like that it's a very different set than I think we've seen where it's just kind of low grass. Like it looked like they're just on some rolling hills in Ireland or something like that, right? Which yeah, maybe yeah. is oh, where you they mean shot. Like with, when... But um, it just seemed too clean and too bright and too green and yeah. lush. Yeah. Where you compare it to like the, you know, the four scenes in Endor where it's, you know, brown and green and lush, but it's just, it doesn't look like that. It's not as, as, as clean. And I think... Yeah. But the first season didn't feel like that. Like, I mean, granted, a lot of it was, I, I'd say probably half of it was in dusty or dark pl- or dank places. Um, yeah. So they've kind of had that going for it. But even when they were in that village, like Gina Carano's vil- village, when they were fighting the, the two-legged walker, um, yeah. it didn't look like that. Like, it didn't look polished to me in that. Whereas the second season was a oh, little see, bit more I mean, so. It's interesting that you say that because I'm thinking about that episode and I felt that. When I was watching it, I felt the polish on that episode. I guess this is going to play differently for for everyone. Um, the, but but I guess what we can take away from this conversation is that there is something about the look of this show yeah. that's odd. And again, it's not. It's certainly not a deal breaker or anything. It's just something worth noting. Fair enough. I, to be honest, for yeah. the most part, I did like it. I thought that uh, I thought that it was done well and it was unique. Like that's the thing is there. Granted, they take you back to Tatooine, and some of the ships look kind of the same as you know some of the other ships. But all in all, they kind of try to do some different shit here and there, which I thought was respectable. And and the production budget alone, like everything, looked top notch. I mean, granted, there's been oh, yeah. a lot of years between the the prequels and and these new ones, so the technology's really come a long way, and a lot of lessons learned. But like the the quality on that, I would put it, I'd put up against the newer Star Wars films easily. Like I think that some of the yeah. stuff in the, some of the sets and whatnot, the di- digital or otherwise, looked arguably better than some of the stuff that we saw in even the Rise of Skywalker. So in that in that in that regard, I would say, yeah, like I partially agree. I think that there's a more organic feeling to the core movies than this show. I feel like there's something more tangible. With them, they have their moments for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I, I mean, one I would think of right away is the Rise of Skywalker. There's that 
chase scene that felt like it was out of like the mummy returns or something like that where they're going through the canyon or whatever which i i didn't think was very good but there's a lot of other scenes that are shot on location like they're in a desert or they're you know um it doesn't feel studio bound in the way that the show feels that it's studio bound but it can't tell where the seam is it's not like i'm like oh this is obviously a studio you know but there's something that's giving me that feeling and i can't i can't figure it out um i don't know i i I feel the opposite uh, i i felt like the uh those ones feel felt more studio-y whereas this one felt like mando felt more organic so i guess we'll have to agree to disagree on that one oh um yeah um yeah go ahead anything else in like the in the light category that you wanted to highlight um in the first season, just the re so we kind of talked a little bit about the characters and uh, and casting, but there I felt that they did a really good job at reusing um, old characters instead of um, instead of creating brand new ones where necessary. I don't feel like they over and I think this is a point we'll probably disagree on, but I don't think that they overly mm. relied on old Star Wars mythos more than they needed to. Obviously, season two is much different than season one in terms of what they did there. Season one. There were some callbacks as to the history of Return of the Jedi, but for the most part, it was pretty much its own story. Aside from the fact that, you know, within, I think it was episode one, it's like, hey, here's a new fucking Jedi. But that aside, yeah, yeah. Um, that aside, yeah. I mean, look, what's the, what did they name him? Gorgon or something like that? Uh, Gorku? Gork, whatever. I'm Gorgu. still calling him Baby Yoda because the name, I, th- I when I heard the name, I'm like, that's a shitty name. Come on. Um, but anyways, I think um, Rogu or something the the, like the child. I'll continue calling him the child. Child. Um, he's a glorified plot device. That's really all he is. Yeah, that's sure. all he is. He doesn't yeah. contribute to anything else to the story aside from just being a plot device. And I don't know if that's going to be. I, I don't think that's going to be a contentious point in our discussion. But I mean, if anybody else wants to argue the fact, like he's cute and cuddly, and he's going to sell a whole lot of toys, but. The second I saw him on there, he really is just a ploy for Disney to be able to sell some shit. He's super cute, super marketable, and a callback to, obviously, Yoda, the yeah. one of the most yeah. famous Jedi and characters in the whole Star Wars mythos. Him sure. aside, everything else I thought was quite good in that first season where they did not rely on any old shit. Like, you could have gone into that entire series, first season, no knowledge of Star Wars other than maybe the original trilogy... And been completely okay. And even the original trilogy, you didn't need it that much. Really, you just needed to kind of establish the time period you're in and kind of the surrounding factors. Who is the Empire? What are they talking about just happened? Kind of get your your bearings. But outside of that, you really don't need to have a ton of Star Wars knowledge. Season 2... Oh, sorry, go ahead. So I was going to say, that's interesting you mentioned that. Because I I, I kind of think of them both. Because we watched them, like, together essentially season one and two kind of all the all the way through so anyway finish your thought i i interrupted you i was gonna say season two um relied more on that but not not as much as i would have as i'm making it sound like um obviously there's a couple of moments in season two that are very much dependent on old stuff but they brought out some characters and i can't remember the um the the mandalorian character that what's her name plays um Oh, I always forget yeah, it. But she was very, she was very important in like the animated shows, 
and the the concept of the dark saber and what that signifies in Mandalorian tradition. Oh, um, uh, Ahsoka. You're talking about the no, no, not uh, Ahsoka Tan. Um, the uh, the man, the oh, God, Katie Sackoff. Katie Sackoff. Yeah, that yeah, character. Okay. Is, I can't yeah. remember her name off the top of my head. Um, but anyways, no, like either. bringing in those characters, like those are those are. Oh, Bo Katan. I think that's her Bo Katan. Right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. Um, and also Boba Fett and all the bringing back some of these characters, but they didn't really. They had a place for them. Like they could have created new characters for these, but they thought, you know what? These people exist in this mythos at this at this time period. Why don't we use them? And they used them well. They were well cast and well performed. Um, so I like that they did that, but they didn't overuse it. Like if all of a sudden there's, you know, every single other character and their mother comes in, I don't need that. But I felt yeah. like they they brought them in at the right time for the most part. Yeah, I guess nothing. So felt I haven't forced. seen. I haven't seen Clone Wars. Uh, I saw the 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 like the two D animated, yeah, it's, by Tardigo- it, by Tardigovsky, but I never saw the Clone Wars like three D animated series, and I guess that's where, um, well, ah- Ahsoka is, is featured heavily in that series, but yes. I guess Bo- I didn't realize Bo Katan was a, was another was another was was she from that series from from Clone Wars or I believe she was in there. I don't know how I, if it was that or Rebels. She was more featured heavily, oh, in, but she was definitely in those ones. I I saw most of Clone right. Wars, if not all of it, and it's it's really really good. It's worth I've your heard, time. Yeah, I've heard it's good. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. No, I I I agree that with you know with the choice of the story that they they decided to tell. For fans of Star Wars, I think that, especially for like cohesiveness, I think they went out of their way to be like, let's try and be inclusive and cohesive with our new content. I feel like that's kind of that's kind of like a mandate at this point for them. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and 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 truth be told, like I didn't know that Bo Katan was a you know was an existing character, but I didn't need to. No, you didn't. Um, and you I did. think that that's that that is a. I think that's that's a good thing. And I think that's Even how the Ahsoka, show should work. Same thing with Ahsoka. Like you didn't really need to know her. You just needed to know that she was a Jedi, and she was the the end yeah. goal of that episode was to find her. Well, you know, one quick thing, uh, quick tangent. I mean, while the look of the show, like uh, again, we were talking about, there's some something about the look of the show that is that is strange. Um, the sound editing on the show is just fucking fantastic. Yeah, it is. It is so well put together, and the reason I mention that because you mentioned like Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano um, when she sparks the lightsabers, the way they sound, especially that first scene where she's uh, where she's introduced, it's kind of misty, and you've kind of got the uh, they're being stalked by her. So like the, yeah. they're using the the uh, the effects in the rear speakers enveloping you, and that you hear the the lightsaber spark and the left like rear speaker and it's strike in the, in the other side. Cause she's running all over the place in the forest. I'm like, this is fantastic. It sounds the sh- the sound on that show is, is immaculate. It's yeah. very, very well put together. And we, you know, we got to watch it at, at a, at a good loud volume and it was, uh, it was great. I, that I opening scene that. too. Like, let's talk about that real quick. That was like a horror movie. And I, I couldn't, I had, I watched it two or three times in a row. Just because I, I really like the way that they played it, playing with the mist, playing with the, the the visual of the lightsabers, and like you said, the sound. Like it's only so often that I noticed like it sounds like it's burning the water particles in the yeah. air, 
yeah it, just the little nuances about it and the way that it's i, it, I was blown away and then also yeah. michael bean shows up out of nowhere and that just kind of you know yeah i see michael bean and he's got like three lines but i'm just like so happy he's in it oh i just like seeing him get work uh where yeah. he seems like yeah. he's in the right place i and just love that he's in he it and when he pulls the shotgun out and uses the shotgun i'm like fucking yes yeah 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 of yeah. course of course of course he's got a shotgun in the in the Star Wars universe. I'm like I don't think I don't think we've seen a shotgun in a live action Star Wars movie before. I feel like this or, or live action Star Wars or anything. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think anyone's nah, used a blaster shotgun. You know, that wasn't in like so. a Battlefront game or something like that, you know. Um yeah. very very cool. No. Uh Yeah, so uh we talk you know, I'm you know, we're kind of drifting into the place where into the dark place. <laughs> Where where I'm gonna I'm gonna we're gonna we're probably gonna we're probably gonna fight about this. But we talked about Gina Carano. I just you know we we just I think we disagree on Gina Carano. I think I think she's I, I thought she was not very good in the show. Um. So the the I mean my main beef with this show is just the, like it's it's inability to focus on things that make it unique. Like I feel like it introduces all of these really great ideas. And then, um, and then veers into the place where it's like, oh, I'm going to show you all that stuff, but don't worry, we're still, you know, we're still talking about the stuff that you know and love. And uh, you know what I was hoping for was something like a unique mythology, which they do introduce, but decide not to spend as much time on as the other stuff. Um, and new stories, new characters, new locations, really blowing the lid off of like the stuff that we know and telling these unique stories within the framework of the Star Wars universe. Unfortunately, like I watched the first episode and like the, that dream that I had just gets flushed down the toilet, like right in that first episode. And I see this, you know, baby, uh, I don't know what, the, they don't name the race, I guess, that Yoda is, but. I can look it up, it's, but. Yeah, it's not a baby, it's not baby Yoda as much as it is a you know, a, a young, a, a young, uh, being of Yoda's race and introduced. And I'm just like, Argh. immediately I was like, Oh, this, this isn't going to be about the things I want it to be about. And this is a very intensely personal thing. Cause like I said before, I just felt really tired, exhausted after like the last star Wars movie. And I'm just like really looking for something unique. Uh, and, and I don't think that this show needs Jedi. I don't think this show needs, you know, lightsabers and the force. I, it doesn't need it. It really, really doesn't. And that's the part that's that, that I just, I, I hate about it. And hate's a strong word. I think this is a very well-crafted show. I think this is a very well-put-together show. I just don't like it. I'm not interested. I'm bored. Like, I, I, half the time, I'm just kind of sitting there not interested uh, what's happening because it's all stuff that we've already kind of it's all stuff that we already know about that I don't really want to know more about I don't want to know more about this I want to know about all this new stuff that you've introduced that for whatever reason you're not interested in telling me more about you know at the end of I think it was at the end of season one when like they're showing the you know like the the, the Mandalorian culture and they're showing the like uh, the the one Mandalorian that she's like she's like the smith and you know she's like making this armor with like a hammer and anvil and these stormtroopers come down and she just dummies all the stormtroopers like with the hammer and anvil I'm like yeah let's get more of that because that shit was that was awesome like I I want to see more of that but no 
the second season goes into like and it, it goes into the force and it goes into all of the it basically does what rise of skywalker did um unfortunately and then all and then you know culminating in the last episode which just caused me to tear my hair out like it really it really got under my skin when that last episode came up and like the last scene of that last episode comes up and it really and again it just crystallizes what they're doing mm-hmm. and that they're not interested they are not interested in in giving you something wholly new they give you little tidbits but wrap you in this warm blanket of the stuff that you already know about and i absolutely I just can't get on board with that. I've they've I've I've watched all the mo- the stuff that they've come out with and I'm just tired. I'm just tired of it. I'm fucking bored. Stop, stop it. Like stop boring me. And that's uh that's kind of you know my huge my beef with the show. It's that's I mean and I really want to talk about this last episode in particular because I know that we we disagree very very much on this on this last episode. But yeah, anyway, that's my that's my stance on on Jane, you ignorant slut. <laughs> um, look, you're wrong. Um, I just want to <laughs> preface that you're you're wrong. Um, no, actually, it, it's preface. This is, so here's the thing. Um, I see where you're going with this. Like, I I see what you're saying. I look at this almost as kind of a John Wick esque kind of universe. Let's say where John Wick. One, they introduce the whole concept of this underground assassins guild and all of this world, but they really like they focus a lot more on the action than diving into those into that mythos. Sure, yeah. Second yeah. movie, you get a little bit more, and the third one, you get a yeah. little bit more. But ultimately, this stuff is peppered in with yeah. whatever the driving theme or story is of the movie. I look at that as these seasons. So the concept or the theme of the first one was this uh, Moff Gideon wanting to get the child and then this father-son relationship between Mando and the child. Um, the fact that the yeah. child, and I will say this and I don't care if you agree or not, the fact that the child is a Jedi in season one makes little to no difference. It's just a plot device. That's all it is. The Empire wants it and they want it for nefarious means and probably is going to cost the child his life and Mando becomes attached much like a father to this child who sure. is also powerful. And you get a yeah. little bit of force powers and stuff, but that's really not the point of the, the first season. The first mm-hmm. season's really just protecting this child and getting him away from this Moff Gideon character. Um, and then, you know, it's very episodic as well, as, as is obvious. But then the second season does call more to the whole Jedi thing. But the thing that you had to know, like, the, the, the reason that I feel like getting upset about it now is just completely wasted effort. Like you shouldn't even bothered of watching the second season is that you knew he was a Jedi. And as soon as they, they oh, introduced yeah. that, like, you know, they're going to go down that path at some point. And I love the Jedi yeah. mythos. Like I grew up yeah. on star Wars just as much as you did. And yeah. when I was growing up, because I'm what, 42 years younger than you are, the, <laughs> um, the, the character of Luke Skywalker was like up there with Optimus Prime as like my top two heroes. I still right. remember the first time I saw him walk into Jabba's palace and just go like this and like this and just part the sea of those two fucking, yeah. the, the orcs, I always called them. They're yeah. not orcs, they're pigmen or whatever they are. But anyways, um, he was, he Guards, was like yeah. one of my childhood heroes. And yep. to have that, that, that character be able to come back 
and have a story that's being told in his in his realm where he was active and in his prime. Um, you just are hoping as that fan to be able to see that character again. At least that I was. And mm. the fact that they had this Jedi character, you kind of knew that they were going to go down there. And they had dropped subtle hints throughout the... And some not-so-subtle hints. I mean, when Ahsoka Tan says something like, Yeah, maybe a Jedi is going to find you. Wink, wink. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> oh, no, I know. Oh, no, I mean, I, I had no d- delusions about where this was going in, the, in a similar way that after I saw the first 10 minutes of... Rise of Skywalker, I knew exactly what I was in for. Right. And, but the thing is, is yeah. I, I don't feel like like this this garners the amount of outrage that they are re rehashing some old material. Rise of Skywalker was blatant. Like it was just it was a completely blatant um overuse of something that was also a huge pivot off of something that was not received well. It just felt like a knee-jerk reaction and it was was thematically weak. Whereas this one you had the whole first season where you had this character. They established it is of, I don't know, Jedi quality, I guess you could say. Mm. And they didn't lean on that much at all. And then the second season was the quest of that Jedi. And the other stuff that you liked, all the Mandalorian stuff, I agree. I'd love to see more of that. And I think that they gave us they gave us enough to keep us interested. And I want to see where they go. And now that the child's gone, it's opened up, baby. You can do whatever you want. But, right. But, but let's th- let's be real. Like... Like they're not gonna this this is they're not gonna drop this altogether, right? This isn't. I don't think the the tone of the show is going to is going to change in that way because because um this is I think this is this is a um it's a marketing decision like to tell this story and to tether something so new to something that is tried tested and true. It's that is how they're doing this because they're getting cold, because because of the last Jedi, right? Like I mean, they're not. They will never take a chance like that again. They're never going to take a chance like that again. And I mean, that's. I guess I suppose that's both good and bad for me. I'm like, I'd rather have them take wacky chances than weave this story, which I think is. I I feel like this story it feels forced. The whole thing feels forced in that it's been constructed in such a way that they have these uh they 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 they've constructed something in in such a way that they are like okay we can give them a little bit of the new stuff but so we don't alienate the audience let's write in a way to give them as much old stuff as the as we can it's like it's like a three to one it's like a it's like a three to one ratio three parts new three you know three parts old you know nostalgic stuff in one part something new no. and and that's no. that's that's what it it's what it felt like to me when I was watching it and it and it um and and there i i oh, oh the other i mean the other thing and it's not just the characters right it's not just it's the places too and it's like this universe has never felt smaller to me when watching this show, I'm like, it's not a fucking galaxy. It's like three planets. And the same fucking three planets we went through, like, you know, the last, you know, the rest of the trilogy. How are we always ending up back on, like, Tatooine? It's just, it's just nuts to me. Like, there's this entire universe that we can explore. But we always, and not only we end up back on Tatooine, we end up back on fucking, in most Eisley. And not only are we back in most Eisley, we're back in this fucking bar. <laughs> it's the same fucking bar that Greedo... I swear to God, you know, they probably panned over a, a you know a thing where somebody put some plaster up 
where Greedo was, you know, shot or where Greedo missed his shot. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's when I see that, I, I just, gro- it's grown worthy to me to the point where I'm like, stop, stop doing, we don't need to be here. Like we do, we do not need to be here. If we could be, can we be somewhere else? Like mm-hmm. why, you know, the sand people are featured heavily. Like, why are we, why are we back with the sand people? Can we just fucking go somewhere else and do something else? Anything else? I just, it, 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 it's creatively, I, I'm like, I, it feels like. It just feels like being bashed over the head with star, like old Star Wars symbolism, over and over again to the point where I'm just numb. Like I'm looking at it, I'm just and I'm just kind of like watching it happen, and it means nothing to me anymore. Um, I don't know, man. I, I feel like there's yeah. enough different sets. Like, yeah, they're at the same planets occasionally. I mean, it's not like they were on Tatooine, you know, seven of the eight episodes. I think it was of the the sixteen episodes they gave us. I think they were on Tatooine three times, maybe. And not for the full episodes. You know what I mean? Or Tatooine-esque looking places. But I, I, I feel I mean, like you're being a they... little hard on that regard. But regardless, I mean, the quests and the people are the different differentiating factors here as well, right? It's not like they're doing the same shit again. No, no, no. But but it's just, it's an example of how they're, how it's, it's... It's okay. How do I put this? It's an example of of being of always matching something new with something old, and not just something old. It's something. It's something very, very familiar. And there's there's nothing new gained without giving you something old. And I feel like no. that that's the part of the show that bothers me. And it's it, you know it's. I mean, you've used some words here, like outrage, anger. It's not, you know, it's not. I think the show is fine. I think it's just fine. I don't think it's a bad show. I think it's, like I said, it's well-crafted. And I just, it's just, I don't find it all that interesting. And uh, and for those reasons, those are the reasons I feel like it's being held back. Because some uh, episodes, I'm just... So. I, I think you're I, I, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to convince you. Like I'm not no, going to no, convince no, you. You're not. Can we just? I don't think so. Can we just I don't talk think, about the thing? Is lap. I don't think you're going to convince anybody. I think this no, is no, very much. No, a this is a very thing. like you're the yeah. only person that's focusing on these little things, and you're like, why can't the, everything be different? It's like, yeah, it could all be different, but you know what? I look at these planets as kind of like the GTA. You know, I'm not going to go to Calgary, but I'll go to Scarborough. <laughs> They're not going to go to Tatooine, or they're not going to go to a completely different planet. But Tatooine's just down the road, baby. <laughs> it's an hour. It's an hour by light speed. Let's go. It's fine. The um, uh, let's let's talk about this last episode because it had oh. it had one it had one. Let's just let's just throw down on this last episode, okay? Because there are things I want to say. Um, so at one point, uh, we did talk about the score and how the score was really is really great. There's one point where the score almost drifted into a place where I wanted to fucking ring the ring the guy's neck. Is when the um, the I guess I can't remember the dark troopers. I think that that's what they're called, like the yeah, like yeah. the the robot. The robots. Uh, and it almost like the score drifts into like dubstep. I don't know if you noticed that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But when they come, like, I was like, <laughs> it goes into dubstep. I'm like, oh my god. I hope this doesn't last longer than like five seconds, and luckily it doesn't. It just yeah. kind of like, and and it uh, it's an it's an interesting choice for that. It definitely matches with the visuals, but not not my favorite, not my favorite uh, um, 
genre genre music. I thought that was it was kind of it was kind of ballsy for them to do that. Um, but then, okay, obviously, let's talk about let's talk about the final episode and uh, and the last scene in this episode. So they. Uh, uh, what's his Grogu or the the child has con- yeah. contacted someone. Yes, uh, uh, and this someone comes in, saves them. They're all in a room together, and this guy person it ends up being you know, uh, Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker. And I thought it was a character from South Park because every time he fucking talks, I'm like, what's wrong with your f- why? What's wrong with his face? Okay, he, I swear to God, it looks worse. Than Zombie Tarkin from Rogue One, like no. it, it's it it no. looks worse I, than that. It's funny. I, I watched Zombie Tarkin after I watched that episode because I thought it was like not great either. Yeah, but I I enjoyed the sentiment. But you look at Zombie Tarkin, it is worse than. Is it? I haven't seen yes. Rogue One in a long time. It's worse. It's worse for sure. It's for 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 whatever reason. Like when he's just standing there looking, it's it's fine. But when he starts talking. Like I don't. It's it's just I found it. I was just like, oh, it, oh, I, uh, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't look. Yeah, I couldn't yeah. look at it. It was, I, it was rough. I was really I hoping that would they the, when he took off the the hood. I was really hoping because they didn't really establish how much time really between Return of the Jedi and this one. It seemed yeah. like it was close, but it didn't seem like it was yesterday. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was really hoping it was going to be like you know a somewhat digitally de-aged. Um, Mark Hamill, but played by Mark Hamill. Um, I didn't like what they did here. I, I mean, you know, it's funny. Um, oh, the guys at Corridor Digital, the guys, I think I've talked about their their YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least the, a couple yeah, times. Yeah. Um, they did a video where they had wanted to fix what they called the worst VFX on a film ever, which was the Scorpion King. And that was when oh, yeah. The Rock comes out all oh, scorpiony, fuck. right? <laughs> and just... one of the things that they wanted to fix was the god-awful facial animations on him. Yeah, yeah. And what they ended up doing was they just put a rock... They made a rock deep fake, basically. They used the deep yeah, fake yeah. technology on him. Um, that seemed like that might have been a better... I'd seen people try to do that with this. And doing a deep fake on top of a digital representation on somebody is a little janky. But sure, yeah. it's something that could have been leveraged here in some way and spruced up. And honestly, they might have been able to take the technology even farther than it already is right now. I mean, Which some, is scary in its Yeah, own. dude, some of the deepfake stuff. I, my brother sent me this one uh, small tangent um, where it's a bunch of these comedians that I like. You know, Joe Rogan, uh, Chio yeah. Santino, uh, Segura, all those guys. And it was over wrestlers. So you had like Joe Rogan as the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Santino was the Undertaker. You had Bobby Lee as fucking <laughs> Paul Bearer. It was the greatest. It was the, it was great. Um, but yeah, in in this case, like the the direction they went with Luke, the technology is just not there. It's not there yet for longer than like a couple of seconds of a shot where it's a full conversation oh, man, yeah. with Luke Skywalker at that age. It just didn't work. It's unfortunate because it, yeah. it, it kind of get... takes me. It took me out of it. But at the same time, everything that happened before then was so goddamn amazing that I was like, I'll let this pass. I, I get the sentiment that they're going for. And I'll be honest, this was the logical conclusion to the fact that they were seeking a Jedi to train uh, Grogu or Gorgu or whatever the fuck. Um, I mean, it could have easily been some... Like, no, that's, no, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. It could have There's been only one other else. person I would have accepted, and that would have been Sam Jackson. But that aside... Luke Skywalker is is without a doubt the guy. If you want a Jedi to train you in that universe, it's Luke. He's the guy. And in my opinion, if he was going to contact 
a Jedi and one that is powerful enough to just pick up transmissions out of nowhere, apparently, because it doesn't seem like Ahsoka can do that kind of shit. Luke's the guy. And yeah, there was really no other, there, there was no other, there was no other place for them to go. And to be honest, I forgot that this was coming. All of a sudden, when that X-Wing came in, I lost my shit. I was out of my mind. Oh, yeah, un- yeah. Like, just, ugh. I, I'm still I'm still reliving it because like you know those reaction videos that people have and people are flipping out. Yeah. You put a camera on me, that would have been me. Yeah. I I had the exact opposite reaction. I know you were probably X-Wing. like, oh no, more old <laughs> stuff. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Why do I sound like an angry Santa Claus? Because you pretty much are. <laughs> um uh, when the X-Wing docks, I'm just... I remember I was watching it with, with, with Shogu. When the X-Wing docks, I'm like, God, fuck. And Shogu's <laughs> like... <laughs> that was my reaction. I remember... And then he comes out and he's got the green like the green lightsaber. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh, Jesus. It's fucking Luke Skywalker. And Shogu's like really... Uh, Shogu was really excited. Yeah. And I'm just sitting there and I'm just like, fuck this shit. <laughs> That is so oh, it was really funny to me, dude. I, I just I can't. We're never. Well, I I don't want to go too much into this this episode mainly because I know that. Uh, well, no, we'll definitely go into it. But like, we are not going to agree. There's no convincing no, no, either of us. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, Granted, you're wrong, and I'm right. But that that aside, I mean, you're you're entitled <laughs> not to at your, all. Like, your incorrect opinions. So so just to just to complete the thought, like this this whole scene, it's not a thought. It's end. just a stupid feeling. But go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the whole scene with Luke Skywalker crystal just crystallized this whole thing. I'm like, why? Why is this all so small? These Did ideas are so small. You said scene. These, I think you mispronounced ma- masterpiece. Go ahead, keep going. Yeah, yeah. These ideas on the show are so tiny. You guys need to you, like. The, we're supposed to blow the top off of this thing, yet we're folding back in on ourselves, and now we've ended up with. Return of the Jedi, South Park, Luke Skywalker here, and uh, and fucking like how how much how much how much mythology can you cram in between every movie in between the trilogies like these like <laughs> it's like a like like if the, you know like a sandwich you can only put so much stuff in there before it becomes like unwieldy. But, you know, but like what other can't... stuff is there, though? It, the the quest for a Jedi alone, like the quest, sorry, the quest for the Jedi aside, all the other stuff is stuff that they packed in. That I mean, did re- did Boba Fett have to show up all of a sudden? Not really. It was pretty goddamn cool to see Boba Fett back. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, you're, I don't yeah. hear you complaining a lot about Boba Fett right now, and he was shoehorned into this bitch like no other. I mean, fucking Timothy Elephant comes in wearing his shit like he just got it off of eBay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, found in the fucking desert because we're always back on Tatooine. Yeah. You know, like we're fucking back on Tatooine and we're fucking, we're just, this show should just be called Tatooine and three other planets. (laughs) Scarborough, Brampton, Mississauga, (laughs) Toronto. Because everyone's on fucking Tatooine. You're walking through the desert and you're just like, oh, there's some fucking armor it's like it's like <laughs> Tatooine is no longer a planet. It's literally like three blocks, <laughs> like three city streets. That's what this entire. That's what the whole place is. We go over to Mos we get some sulagi. We'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I just, I can't, I, I can't get on board 
with how small like the, these ideas are. And when I say small, I mean small as in like we've we've done this already. Let's move on. Let's show something else. And I I, I don't know. Fuck. I I I. I get it. I get why people like it. I get why you like it. And I get why, you know, Shagu likes it. And I get why the the world likes it. But I'm just fucking... I'm, man, I'm just tired, man. I'm bored. This bores me. You bored me. <laughs> and I, I don't know... I don't know... I don't know what else to say. I don't know. I, I, than, I think... Uh... Other than, you know... It- fuck you. <laughs> there, there, there's there's a lot to like about this series I agree in terms of the second season there was certainly an over-reliance on old stuff like it, it seemed like it seemed like they basically were like uh, we've got this Jedi here and we've got to do something about this so let's go down that Jedi path and that's essentially what they did but the thing is they didn't lean too heavily into old stuff until really that last episode. They pepper it in here and there. You've got some old characters or some, you know, characters that were established in the animated series that pop up. But overall, it wasn't like um uh, it, it like I said, I think I said this before. It wasn't as blatantly shoehorned in as the last Jedi or uh, the the yeah. Rise of Skywalker was, yeah. right? For the most part it was pretty subtle. Yes, Luke coming in at the end the way that he did was certainly over the top. But to be honest, it was earned. From the very first episode in season one, this is where it was leading. And they peppered it in enough in season two to kind of give you the hopes that this is this might happen. You might see Luke Skywalker again come and grab this Jedi. And then you kind of forget about it because, you know, everything had happened, I think, maybe two episodes ago. Two episodes, I think it was two episodes before the finale is when they actually uh, kidnapped the child. Then you get Mayfeld, and then that's when they are chasing down, uh, what is it, Moff Gideon. Um, Which, by the way, I love, uh, what's his name? Giancarlo um, Esposito? I can't can't remember his last name, but the guy who plays Moff Gideon. um, He's he's so good. I I, I really, really enjoyed him. Um, Yeah, he's he's pretty good. Um, I I enjoyed that as well. Um, He's got like kind of the Darth Vader chess piece thing going on there. I don't know what I don't know what the deal with that is, but he I'm got sure it in Tatooine. Will... Yeah, <laughs> the fucking thrift store in Tatooine that just just been carrying all, <laughs> just just been carrying all of the uh, all of the goods from like all the original trilogy. Hey, if you guys need some stuff from uh, from the original trilogy, just pop on by. I've got it all here. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I'll take that Darth Darth Vader chest plate. Thanks. Yeah. Fuck. <sighs> Anyways. Fuck. Um yeah, it it like there is much less of a reliance on old old themes than I think that you are than you are spouting. And so, the good so, the good thing uh, is, the, oh, hold on, let me finish my thought. Yeah, the good thing is yeah. too is that now that they've they've reached the logical end of this this child's journey and the fact that he's found his training his training master in in Luke Skywalker, I, I have no doubt that he'll come back at some point. But now it kind of opens up the question of now what's going to happen? Like, what are they going to focus on now? Where are they going to go with this story? Um, are they going to go into the the Mandalorian uh, the Mandalorian mythos a little bit more? And I think they will because you know now that you've got this you've got this uh, this dark saber that that is now property of Mandalorian. He didn't give it over to what's her name, right? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't remember. think he does because she has to beat him to uh, to yeah, take it. Yeah, I think he's still or got kill this. Him or whatever. I think he's still. I think he's still got it. Right. Yeah. So now you've got this. 
I think that they're going to go very much in that direction. Like, I don't think we're going to see much of anything that is old territory, at least in the original trilogies or the prequels or whatnot. I don't think we're going to see that play out again, or at least not not to the the level that we did in season two. That's my feeling on it. Um, yeah, I mean that could be that could be the case. I mean we'll we'll have to wait we'll have to wait and see. But your right. your season one versus season two uh, assessment is is mostly right. You know, like I think that season one doesn't rely on that too much, but just the the creature, the child's presence um, in in the show, just it, it always it always it just reminds me constantly that that's you know this show is eventually going to be about this. The dark saber shows up at the, the very, I guess at the yeah. end of season one. I think so. Yeah. Uh, season one, I I I mean, look, I, season one and two, I'm kind of treating this all as one kind of. One kind of thing, and they don't really. You're right; they don't really touch on it too much in season one, other than the fact that this kid, this child, has the force. And even that, I was just like, "What? Like, why?" I was always constantly asking myself, "Like, why is this?" Anytime they didn't focus on that, were parts that I liked. Um, well, they didn't they, focus on it at all in season one. They kind of like they they showed him that he had power, but I don't even know if they really delved. They didn't talk about the force. Well, I he think, uses it. Ahsoka. I mean, he uses it. He yeah. uses it uh, several times, right? Yes, like, yeah, he uses it, but I'm saying that's yeah. not that's not the central focus. Why he has these powers and why he can do what he can do is not really a focus of the first season at all. It's the second season where they bring it in where they're like we need to figure out how to how to get this guy's shit under wraps. And sure, that's when sure. they introduce the concept of the Jedi and the Force and finding a mentor and all of that jazz. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um basically the first season you have no reason to hate. So you should really just shut. The I don't up. hate this show. Yes, you do. You just said you did. I don't hate this show. I'm just not. Interested. I think that's the that's that's the issue. You're bored. Don't hate it. I just. I'm. It just. I'm not interested because I don't feel like it has. It. It. I don't feel like it's gonna show me anything new. What if they had a better space much. travel agent and they visited more places? Would that make you happy? Visited more planets? That's yeah, more other planets? Yeah, for sure. I think hold, that would hold be... on a And you know we talked about we oh. talked about uh we talked about Bo- Boba Fett, right? Uh you were talking about like he was shoehorned in. Yeah. And uh, I actually kind of agree with you and I, I I do have also have an issue with how they characterized Boba Fett because um you know his I mean he doesn't have he doesn't have too much screen time even in uh Empire and and Return of the Jedi, but uh, you know, but it's it, even whatever's shown, it seems a little inconsistent with kind of what they show in in here. And he's got uh, in in Ma- the Mandalorian, um, but the show is actually built around this Mandalorian culture, and it's about other people like him, right? The armor. Yeah, Boba Fett's armor. Yeah, right? yeah. So I'm less concerned about them bringing Boba Fett into the show or things that are related to that into the show. I'm actually, and yeah, it could be a little janky, but I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't care too much about that. It's just when they start introducing concepts that I just, I don't need to know about because you don't know anything about Boba Fett. Like, frankly, like the the Empire and Jedi don't really tell you anything about him other than he's kind of a goofball. He goes out like a goes out like a cartoon. I, I um, will say this about Boba Fett, and I know this is going to be controversial, and I don't give a shit. He is the most overrated Star Wars character in history. 
Period. Yeah, I, I, I told. I think I pretty much agree with you. I'm not even sure how fandom for Boba Fett started, but I was, mm. I was on that train because strictly, purely from a visuals standpoint, I just thought he looked amazing. That was it. That was it for me as a kid. I was like, this armor just looks super dope, and I just want to draw it all day. Mm. But you're, you're. I think you're right. There's nothing to work with. He doesn't really do anything. No, he's useless. He's yeah. just background fodder. I, I just, I never understood the draw to him. I know he was popular. Yeah, he looked cool, but like the stylistic look of a character never. I'm not nearly as artistic as you, so I guess it didn't connect with me nearly as much. So when I saw him, I was just like, yeah, he's kind of cool and just chilling in the cut. But like, I don't know. What's I? I just didn't understand the allure. Yeah, what's the him. big deal? Yeah, yeah. Like, he just—he was always no, I, touted as this big badass, and all he did was fly out, wrap somebody up in some sort of kinky net thing, and then he jumped into the Sarlacc pit because a blind Han Solo shoved a poker up his butt. I, it was just—it was. That's how I remember yeah, it. At yeah. least I just—I—I I, I don't know. I, I might have seen the porn parody of Return of the Jedi. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that there's actually anything like from a from a character standpoint that's very special about him in in Star Wars. I think it's, I think for me it was purely visual. Um, but you know, Mandal- like the Mandalorian is dealing with that culture and is dealing directly visually. It's like the armor. It's and who and why do you know what that armor looks like because of Boba Fett or because of Jango Fett? You know, all the like these guys. So I'm like. You're gonna shoehorn something in from a previous series, and it's gonna be Boba Fett. I'm like, yeah, that makes sense because that's that's where this is all coming from, right? This mythology right. is is starting from there. Um, yeah, so that was just to kind of address the Boba Fett thing. I don't think it was, I don't think it was done in a way that was super organic. Um, but I kind of <laughs> it just like shows up all scary, like, hey, I hitched yeah, a ride. Like, Somehow, I, I. Well, I guess I don't know. I guess he remembered where he parked Slave One. Yeah, well, he had to get out of the Sarlax, you know, gullet. I don't know how he, they don't. I don't think they explain how he got how he gets out, but you know, or how he got yeah. separated from his armor. Like, did he take it off and some Jawas just ran off with it? Like, <laughs> got it. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Maybe he took. <laughs> why would he take it off? Like, while he's in the Sarlax pit. Let me take this thing off. And, yeah, the know. only things that are probably keeping him alive. Yeah, um, yeah, it's uh, what, it's kind of silly. One thing I wanted to mention that I really liked that I don't think we really touched on too much was the use or lack of use around the Mandalorian taking his helmet off. We don't get kind of the Marvel, the Marvel approach of helmets and masks in this series at all. In the sense that you so see, the, you know, in season yeah. one, you have one moment where he takes off his helmet. And then in season two, you get two moments and all of them are earned. You know, I, yeah. I can't remember. I think he was, what was the reason that he took off his, his uh, helmet in the first season? It was a life and death thing with IG 11. I think he needed to take it off for a reason. Yeah. She needed to take, yeah. Yeah. He needed to, I, the, the Android needed the helmet off too. Yes. Like the, fix it. Yeah. That's, that's what it was. So there was a reason for it. Right. And then, yeah. but the thing is you, he doesn't do it all willy nilly, which is extremely important because for the two moments that he took off his helmet in the second season, they were all very earned and very impactful times. That was that goes into the the the, the tenseness of the scene with Mayfeld um, that I was alluring, uh, alluding to earlier. Is that 
because he's taken off his mask, he is completely exposed to Mayfeld, yeah. to his enemies, to everybody. But it's not yeah. just the fact that he's exposed and you can see his face and that he's... It, it's the fact that you can see that he's got everything riding on the fact that he wants to find his his boy or his, you know, his, his Yoda. His, his Yoda. His, his shaved gizmo. He, he, yeah. he <laughs> will give up literally the most important thing to him to be able to get what is actually the most important thing to him. And when he's about to lose the most important thing to him to, you know, uh, the, the, the greatest Star Wars character of all time... He um, he manages to take off his mask in front of a crowd. He doesn't give a shit. He just wants to see the child with his own two eyes. Because it doesn't seem like... I don't think he's ever seen the child with his own two eyes. And I thought that was a very important moment as well. And that's the thing. is that like The, the fact that they stuck to their guns around that, I commend them for it. Because I, I worry too much that they want... And maybe that's why they cast a guy like Pedro Pascal. Is that they were like, we can tell him to keep the mask on. It'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Whereas in the Marvel movies, I feel like, like Spider-Man's got his mask off more than he's fucking got it on. Like, put that back on. You need that. Yeah, this is definitely like a Dread scenario versus a Judge Dread Stallone scenario. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't even think um, Stallone had the helmet on. Yeah, I think he wear. I've been watching little bits and pieces of the Stallone Judge Dread, and it's fucking kind of amazing. It's so bad. <laughs> it is it's it is. not good. It's Dude, not good. There's this one shot of him walking across the street where they have a full like they they've got the camera Fire fully fight. back and oh, he's in yeah. sti- he's wearing stilts. Like the he's got fucking heels this big cuz Stallone's yeah. a tiny dude. He is yeah, he's like 5 foot 6. He's a small little fella. Um Armand Asante is just something else in oh, that movie. It's yeah. just amazing. Law. Law. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's so yeah. awful um, um yeah uh the, the helmet so so yes i i agree with you also i i find it hard to watch mandalorian without thinking like how much that armor must stink like his clothes must just be <laughs> ripe i can't like i look at him i'm like man I don't know if he's taking a shower. I don't know if he's laundering his clothes. Like, I have no idea. If he's not, he's out in the desert all the time. He's on Tatooine, like, 90% of the time. You know, I, I just... I, he must really be ripe. You want to see new stuff in Star Wars films. Do you want to see the Mandalorian doing his laundry for an entire episode? Is that what you'd like to see? Yeah, that would have been better than seeing South Park Luke Skywalker. If it was just... If they just... If they just... <laughs> Hey, buddy! <laughs> if the door just did, you use the post to call me. <laughs> I just tore up a bunch of robots for you. Hmm. <laughs> if the door just opened up and they randomly just cut to home videos of the man, like Mando, like cleaning his armor in a bucket of like soap and water, I would have been like, "That's fine, <laughs> totally." Fine. He, he's still got the helmet on though. He's just completely <laughs> he's still- <laughs> just helmet and underwear, just scrubbing. Close the door. <laughs> Uh, I said, I said, don't bother me when I'm cleaning my armor. <laughs> oh my oh god! Oh my god! Anyway, yeah. So it's fine, and I don't, you know, it's fine. And the la- <laughs> the parting shot I'll take here is that, um, you know, season three comes out. I may come around to watching it. I may not. I don't know. 
That's I will tell you, like. you should watch it. I'm going to lie to you if you shouldn't, and I know whatever's on there. If, if if the very first shot is Luke Skywalker with a floaty head coming on and lightsaber battling other people with lightsabers, I'm going to tell you that it's all Mandalorian stuff and you need to watch it because it's very important. That would be so upsetting yeah, if you set to you, that precedent. Lie right to your face. <laughs> If you set that Just know I'm going to recommend the first episode and you're not going to know whether it's a legitimate recommendation or not. And I'm going to tell you, like, look, I know we talked about this on the podcast and I said I'd lie to you. I'm not lying. You absolutely need to see this. And the first scene is going to be Luke Skywalker just going like this with his lightsaber. That's it. I'm, I'm, I'm much more on the boat of, like, Luke Skywalker throwing his lightsaber away in The Last Jedi. Like, I fucking love that scene. So and I know so many people hate that. You hate that scene. I was just like, yes, this is so great. The quest, to, the quest to the most important character in my life. <laughs> my, 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 one of the, the heroes of my childhood. And he just takes that and says fuck you and just throws it away and i'm like you <laughs> that's like uh that's like meeting optimus prime for the first time and he just throws the matrix of leadership away he's like ah that doesn't mean anything i don't need that <laughs> oh okay yeah sorry never mind i was gonna bring up something else um anyway it's been a long episode yeah yeah we're cut we just cracked two hours baby this is like uh yeah. we haven't missed a step yeah um yeah, I don't think I don't think there's much else to say on, no, we'll, on this. We'll never agree on this. I think we covered uh, no. we covered all the points I want. I did want to mention that Clancy Brown was in a full devil makeup, which was oh, amazing. that was the other thing. Yeah. That was Clancy Brown. That was Clancy Brown, baby. <laughs> you gotta love Clancy oh, Brown. Oh fuck! As, as soon as he started talking, I'm like, oh my god, it's Lex Luthor. Yeah, listen to that guy, the Kurgan. Holy shit! Um, yeah, and I... then also, uh, my, uh, what's his name? Oh my goodness, uh, Boone Mark Boone Jr. He was, uh, he's Sons of Anarchy. He's a character actor. You've seen him in a million things. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah. also in that he's episode, that too. He's the guy that set everybody up. As soon as I saw yeah. him, I was like, that's awesome. He's been he's been in a ton of, a ton of stuff. Like, just, like, randomly shows up in a lot of character character work. I remember I, I recently saw him in, um, I watched, uh, I rewatched 30 Days of Night uh, late last year. And he's in, he's randomly in that, he, uh, so it's genre fair. He's he's, and he was also in Halloween, wasn't he? In Rob Zombie's, wasn't he uh, one of the guys that, that gets killed at the at the strip club? Like uh, Michael Myers kills him no. in H two or Halloween two. So. I don't know. I thought he I was, thought or he... or out on the road. Sorry, not in the not in the strip club. It's out on the road. I feel like he's a victim of Michael know. Myers. He might be. He was in Vampires. John Carpenter's Vampires. Oh my god. I think he John gets split in half. Oh my god. That movie. That movie. Ugh. But yeah, there's there's there there were a lot of really good uh there's a lot of good casting in this. I just I I, I don't know. Clancy man. Brown. Holy shit. Yeah, buddy. That was that was something Crushed else. Crushed by a door. Yeah. So unceremoniously. And he was just such a big asshole. He's just... It's perfect Clancy Brown. I was so happy. That was great. Yeah. I just like seeing him and stuff. Um, Yeah, I don't think I've got much else here. Let me look at my notes. But I think we pretty much covered everything in in one form or another. 
Um, yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna agree on this. No, um, we'll never. Agree but on you know, this. I I think that uh, I think that the world has. I think I think Star Wars fans have have a new property that that they love, and I think this is also bringing in new fans. Yes, too. Yeah, yeah, I think the show is doing a really good job of that. So I, uh, I guess it's just uh, not for me. I, I will give a little but, bit of credit to your opinion in that I don't want to see season two again in season three. I think, like I said, I mean, obviously season two they they relied a little bit more heavily on on uh, the the previous material. Um, I really want them to go out there on season three. I think season one was the episodic kind of thing where you're establishing the characters and whatnot. Season two had to be questy. Like, you know, it was more, there was more of a central story or plot to the entire season. And it was focused around this Jedi character. Now that the Jedi character is out of there, now I'm curious to see what they want to do. Because I do agree with you. Like, obviously, you know, we joke and go back and forth. And I, I believe in what I'm saying. And I was really as jazzed as I was. But at the same time, I don't want to see the same thing over and over and over again. Um, it's nice to see it occasionally. Like that's Force Awakens. You and I disagree on that as well a little bit. But I was a little bit more happy with that because it was nice to see that again. But the thing mm-hmm. is, I don't want that again and again. You know what I mean? For sure. Like, yeah, give yeah. me, no, give me it. something a little bit, a little bit different, or you know, be your, be your own Star Wars film. And I felt like the first yeah. season did that. I felt like the second season did that too. But there was a little, it's treading into that territory, and I don't want it to go too deep into there. I feel like bringing in Luke Skywalker the way they did, like Gangbusters, was perfect for what it needed to be, but don't do that again. Yeah. You know, if they bring back Luke, it's got to be for a really good reason. Don't rely on that as a plot device or a way to get out of situations all the time. Do it once, don't do it again. And they did it well, in my opinion. I know, again, we won't disagree on that, but, or sorry, we won't agree on that, but. Yeah, yeah, it, we're, yeah, we're not. No, but uh, a, a thought occurred to me, and it's, it's flown out of my head now, and I can't remember what it was. Um, it's probably something really negative and nitpicky. Think, think, think yeah. nitpicky. <laughs> um. Oh, oh, right. I guess two things. One, one was I, I, I actually. I in general I I'm really disliking that Star Wars is is forcing these old characters in general like old characters like coming back with this CGI de-aging stuff. Yeah. I absolutely hate it. I, I agree. I hate it in every way. Tarkin, I fucking it, w- it was an abomination. It was so so bad and you know Peter Cushing is turning over in his fucking grave. It was awful. And um and this is also like so I, I I really really disliked it and I hate that pattern. Um, was it Rogue One also had the had the Leia I guess thing right at right at the end. That um, that one is the only one I felt was okay. In that yeah, because it was like for like two seconds, like yeah. it was kind of like just like in a smile and like whatever. But even then, like I I don't I think from like personally speaking, I don't want any of it. Like I don't I don't want any of that at all. Um, I'd rather them recast. It, Find somebody that looks like yeah. her and go with that. Okay. Don't go with this digital de aging stuff because it's yeah, not. Hate it's it. not there. It's not there. It looks I, gross. I, I just, I dis, I dislike it. Yeah. And like the deep fake stuff is getting so good that we're going to be able to start putting faces on people, um, and it's going to become like it's going to become more prevalent, and it's gonna it's going to happen in in movies. But what's what's happening is that we we get to. I think one of the things I like about films is that they are they are capsules of their time when they're made they're made and you don't you don't do it again 
right? right. Like you don't you don't take another shot at it with those actors because those actors no longer look the way they did or they are, you know, the, the, the movie is 50 years old and the actor has passed on. And But that's a time capsule thing. So like to revisit that, I always feel like there's something so perverse about it. Uh, whether whether the uh, current actor is, is alive or or uh, or dead, like I find there's something just really perverse about the whole thing, and it kind of uh, destroys the uh, uniqueness of what that thing was. Yes, like um, so, I'm always kind of against that in general, and that was the one point. And the other thing, the other point I wanted to make was the whole format and the push to format to, for like television shows. Now I haven't really kept up with the Disney release, but they uh, like the press release, the big press release they did, I guess, a month or two ago, where they announced was just like a fucking gaggle of shows. It was just tons and tons of, and they're all TV shows. Um, and uh, I, I just I I prefer the film format to television, um, especially multi-season television. Mm. Um, and uh, I think like miniseries work really well, but uh, television like television series like multiple seasons of, of the same show it's just it's it's a lot of time, and I think it it makes it hard to revisit as a whole. Like if you were going to revisit it or watch it again, um, and I just it's not my preferred way to. And that that's me personally. I think a lot of people don't feel this way because I think a lot of people don't rewatch shows. I th- I think a lot of people nowadays don't rewatch. And this is just me, like you know, guessing here, but I, th- I think a lot of people don't rewatch anything. Yeah, uh, to be honest, like something Possibly. that they haven't seen, something stuff that they've seen before, they don't really rewatch it. It's always when it comes to TV, they're always watching something new, right? Because it's all so accessible and coming out at a constant rate. Like, why spend time watching something you'd already seen? I guess it's just a general comment that, um, with all of the, like like there are a bunch of Star Wars television shows, I guess that they they announced, well. And I'm like, that's I'm not going to watch any of it. Uh, I mean, partly because I'm a little Star Wars doubt, like we already talked about, but also the format is just too much. It's just too much, and I would never even try to right. to cover it all. And but, I think that 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 hurts. I mean, I'm probably in the minority, uh, but I like the film format because the film format is a one and done, two two and a half hour, let's say, go, and I can and I can watch that, consume that. Yeah. Whereas the television shows are twenty hours, could twenty hour commitment or a fifteen hour commitment, um, and it's just it's just too much, and um, and it it just allows them to it, anyway. I can go on there yeah, yeah. for a long time. The, I just the, that, the that, thing that format is, is not my. The thing is, I think that I I understand movie. it's not your format. I think Disney will be okay without you. Yeah, I think so. Because the thing is, I, th- I mean, it, it I don't might know. not be I... your preferred format. It's it's a format that other people can get behind. I mean, people love watching sure. TV. I've never really been a huge TV guy. I like watching things at my yeah. leisure. And I mean, TV shows like on Disney Plus or Netflix are great for me because I can watch them at my leisure. It's not something I usually tune in on. Mando, I tuned in on on Fridays or Saturdays because I knew it was coming out and I was excited to watch it. Um, yeah. But that aside, it's it's not so much about that. It's the fact that they can make these shows for probably close to the budget of a full-length feature film. Probably a little more expensive. But the thing is, is you can stretch these because they don't do the binge thing that Netflix does typically where they give you all the episodes right out the gate. I mean, they do that with most of their shows, not all. But Disney seems to be giving you that one episode a week drip. 
And if they're doing that, they're keeping you on the hook for probably two straight months. And then they got another Star Wars show coming out after that. And if they're lining up these shows, they've got you by the nuts for multiple seasons of multiple shows for for multiple months of your monthly fee. So it's, you know, from a business standpoint, yeah, I get you recognize. I just wanted to make that make that clear that it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's yeah, it's I, purely I totally a business agree. decision from their end. But the thing is, they're still making quality stuff. It's not like their their TV shows feel cheap or rushed or not well thought out. They seem like they're they're telling a good story. But obviously, the marketing machine's underway with them. It's Disney. They're they're never not going to have that going on. So oh, for sure. Oh, I I I completely agree with you. Like I said, it's it's more of a personal. This yeah. is definitely a personal preference. Where. Sure. I mean, if I'm gonna like, if I'm deciding what to watch next, I'm not gonna watch a new Star Wars show that has two seasons because I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to sit here and watch an episodic 15, 20 hour commitment I need to make to get this whole story. And a lot of the times, it's not gonna be the whole story. That irritates right. me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, there's nothing worse than like a show that doesn't have an ending, and I hate not, I. I don't like not having endings. Yeah. Uh, and that's, and that, that bothers me too. So that's what's predicated on a multi-season show is that things continue, right? It always continues until it doesn't. And it's like, you know. Right. Anyway. Old Man Kotru. I don't want your TV shows. Give me my movies. <laughs> my two and a half hour movies. You are old. Um, yeah, I am. Yeah, I don't really have much else to say on this, man. I think uh, no. I think this is uh, let's clean it up. Yeah, I think that's as good as we could do. Um, cool. All right. I'm sorry well, that you guys had to, to listen back. to a stupid opinion, but thank you for listening. <laughs> um, you know, not every time we do a podcast are one of us going to be even close to right. Um, but fortunately, I'm here for you uh, to represent <laughs> the people against uh, Vader, chestplate tyrant Kachru. <laughs> Yeah, for that small cabal who feels the the same way I do, we're gonna have a, we'll we'll have a meeting in my basement. It's later gonna this be week. It's just gonna be me. You. It's just gonna be me. You and yeah, that's it, man. I'll bake cookies. I'd wonder how many people share your opinion, aside from like the the, the digital Skywalker look. But you know, I think a lot of people felt that, but more just your your grumpy demeanor. You're a miserable Yeah, bitch. it's possible that other people... Like, I, I haven't looked at any opinions about Mandalorian other than, like, talking with, with other yeah. people and having them yeah. tell me how wrong I am. Um, I haven't actually, like, read anything or looked up, like, what people think. I haven't read a review or anything. I have no idea what the sentiment out. But, I mean, I think it's obvious that it's it's overwhelmingly positive. But yeah, I don't know if there's a small group of people that's cranky like I am. <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, I think you're on an island all on your own. And so I'm not going to come visit. More cookies for me. More cookies for me. Mmm, cookies. All, all right, buddy. Let's call it. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thank you. Uh, uh, I don't know what I was going to say. It's been a long episode. It's good to be back, though. Hell yeah. This has been fun. I'm glad that, uh, I'm glad back. that we're back, and back with live mics and doing our thing. Yeah, man. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Till next time. This has been Otto. This is Justin. Thank you very much. And uh, till the next one. Hooray. See you, See ya. Bye. <laughs>